All right, for all you people that are going to Israel, is it safe? There's only one thing you need to pray about, and there's one city that you need to really pray before you go to, and it's Miami. (laughs) I can't guarantee what will happen when you get down there, but the rest of it's safe. I want you to understand something, that what's happening right now, you know, you've heard the news lately that that Trump is starting a war. There is a war that has been brewing for years. There will be a war. There is going to be a war in the Middle East. Now, um, just because you slap a mosquito doesn't mean that you um, started a war. So is it safe? Now listen to me. Up in the Syrian border, there's a little strip of ground where, where they ship bombs over up in the Golan so, and there's a place down near uh, the Mediterranean Sea. So, it, it's, a, it, it's about like this. If you're worried about going to the United States, just stay out of um, the, uh, California, Baja, and stay out of New York City. Other than that, you're fine. There's only two places that are even, even a small concern. As a matter of fact, it's safer there than it is here. All right, I'm just saying that for all you guys that are, you know, your family members are looking and going, oh my God, you're going to Israel. Let me tell you something. God's taking care of it and he'll watch over you and we'll bring you home. If not, we'll see you in the rapture. (laughs) We're going home early. Amen. Nothing to worry about. Amen. Also, the band of brothers, we're going to have a meeting this Saturday morning. Now, I'm doing something very, very different right now. I have a great concern over the younger men in the church. I grew up without a father, and when I was a young man, I had no idea how to make money. And I wanted to know, how do you get a job? How do you hold a job? How do you get raises, and how do you prosper? So I've asked some of the older men to speak to the younger men, and we're going to start praying over you young guys' finances. We're going to teach you how to make money. Now, the fact is, is that we've been around, we've done it wrong. There's no sense in you doing it wrong if we did it wrong. Learn from our mistakes. You know, there, there, there's wisdom. A young man's strength, the Bible says, is in his arms. But an old man's strength is in his gray hair. That's, that's in the Bible. That's in the Bible. So you want to find old gray-headed people and ask them questions because they can give you a lot of wisdom. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I'm believing God for you young men to prosper and even some of you to become millionaires. And some of you girls need to marry a few millionaires. Amen. So, so, so the Band of Brothers, we're going to have a great breakfast. Um, we have, we, I mean, we have a man-size eggs and grits and bacon and coffee and, and bagels, and we have a great breakfast. And then we get in there, and we pray, and we worship God, and we pray for one another, and then we're going to turn these guys loose and teach these young guys how to make money. Does that sound good to y'all? Well, I'll tell you what, we have fun around this church. If y'all hadn't figured that out, we have lots of fun. But all the time, we're growing. Amen? Are y'all ready to give? Isn't God good? So let's pray. Father God, I thank you for the blessing of Abraham that's on us. 
I thank you that we've got the money to do the things that we need. We have the money to grow a church. We've got the money to build a new building. We've got the money to carpet the, the children's church this week. And whatever we're doing over there, thank you for the, all that you have blessed us with. And we give you thanks and we give you glory that this year is the best year of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Servant Moses, righteousness being 
Well, I guess you saw my sermon title. Four o'clock in the morning, about three or four days ago, I got up to go get some drink of water. And when as I walked into the bathroom, I got a Yeti in there. The Lord spoke to me and he said, I want you to preach on the rise of the prophets. And, uh, and I just, you can ask Lisa, I, I just sat down right then and wrote notes for 30 minutes as, as the Holy Ghost downloaded me. And then I went back to bed and, uh, I have a message from the Lord this morning and, um, and I want you to hear what the spirit of God is saying. Get your Bibles, go to Isaiah chapter 60 verse one. We're going to read this in just a moment, but in October of this year, the Holy Ghost said to me, everything changes now. Now, I didn't always understand everything that he said by then, but he's showing me as I go. And he made a statement to me that we have become comfortable as a church in our, the way we do things. Now, understand something that when the children of Israel, when Moses went into to Egypt, everything changed for the Jews, didn't it? I mean, I mean nothing stayed the same. And when, and when Jesus came in, 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 uh, in the earth, everything changed. God is in, God changes things up. We have turned the corner and we are now on a fast track to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So everything in the church is starting to change. Now, now that doesn't mean that God is doing away with the ministry gifts. He's not. So in, so this is, what, this is what he said to me. He said, there's a rise, the prophets, we've entered a time period where the prophets will take preeminence in the body. Now, I didn't know this. I, I had no idea this was even going on. And he said, he said to me, he said, in the days of David, when David was on the earth and David was king, it was a time of prosperity. And that was a time that people celebrated and, and, and they celebrated, the, you know, David being king, there was peace in the land. But when the children of Israel turned away from God, then David stopped pre- being the preeminent one and Elijah stepped forward on the scene. In the body of Christ today, in the book of Ephesians, it says God has given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. The body of Christ as we know it in the last 15 or 20 years has been in two different modes. One, 20 years ago, we were in a teaching time. The teaching, the teacher was preeminent. He was the forefront guy. Y'all remember when we went down to Copeland's meetings and we sat outside waiting for the doors to open and we all ran in and we couldn't wait. We had our Bibles. There was a time the Bible says where the people perished for a lack of knowledge and God began to teach us who we are in Christ, what belongs to us. People were being filled with the Holy Ghost. We were buying books and tapes and remember the cassettes, put them in, you know, and away they go. We plug him in our car and listen to who we are in Christ and righteousness. And so there was an era in the church where there was a teacher. God hadn't done away with the teacher. He's still there. 
He's still, they're still teachers. Okay. Then we went into the time where God began to place emphasis back on the local church and the pastor rose up and started taking the preeminence. God wanted to bring you back into a church and get you back established underneath a pastor. And, and so that, that was a time where people started going back to church and, and, and et cetera, et cetera. Well, this October, Things changed in the earth. I just said something a while ago during the offering. I want to say it again. Trump is not starting a war. This war has been beginning for a while. There's been trouble in the Middle East. You've had Iran threatening to nuke Jerusalem and Israel. They are, they've already decided they're going to do that. There is a war called the Ezekiel War, and it is coming. Thank y'all. Now, it's not until Iran gets with Turkey and Syria and Russia, and and see, they're not going to do it alone. But once they all get into cahoots, they don't want to blow up Israel because everything they want is there. They want the gas. They want the oil. Honey, they want the food. Are you all out there? So that's why when you go to Israel with me, you don't have to worry about dying. You're going to come home. You're going to be on. All right. So All of this stuff is changing, and just because Trump slapped a mosquito the other day does not mean that he's creating a war. That has been going on for a while, and it's going to escalate. It is going to happen. All right, now that brings me to this next thing. We're going to talk about prophets, but let me ask you a question, and I want want you to think about what I'm going to ask you. Are the days ahead good or bad? Did, how many of y'all said good? You're right. How many of y'all said bad? You're right too. Nobody wants to raise their hand. I want to show you that over the period of time, you're going to start hearing prophets speak. And you need to understand that as they begin to rise, I'm going to show you what a prophet is, what they do, and why they act the way they act. Because I want you to tune your ear to them. I want you to understand that God is still using Bible teachers. He's still using pastors. He's still using apostles. They didn't go away. But the prophet is going to step into the forefront, and and God is going to start saying some things to America and the world, the church and the world, through the ministry gift called the prophet. Now, if you're accustomed to it and you hear it, I don't want you to think, oh, they're being negative. That's a bad confession. (laughs) Prophets are not teaching you the Bible. All right, Isaiah 60, let me read it to you, and I'll prove it to you from the Word. Isaiah 60, arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Is that good? That's you. That's you and I. Say amen. Amen. Now, our best days as a church are ahead. The, listen, 
what God is doing in the church, the church is going to rise up. We're going to see the greatest move of God the earth has ever seen. And he's going to start using what we call lay ministers. There's going to be some of you that are going to go into hospitals and pray for people and they're just going to get up and go home. You're going to start seeing a lot more of this. So God is giving you a a scripture to stand on. And it's right here. Uh, And he's talking about Zion. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Verse 2. Behold, darkness shall cover the earth, deep darkness the people. Is that happening? Is it going to get worse? Yes, it actually is. It is going to get worse. You know, 20 years ago, whoever thought we would be talking to people about not aborting a child after it's born. I mean, nobody in their right mind ever conceived of that type of a thing. And having a bathroom because a man doesn't know whether he's a girl or not. I mean, you're talking about this is insanity, Now, you and I think this way, but the world doesn't think this way, and I've got news for you. They haven't showed you how bad they can get. Satan will full bore manifest himself in people. So will God. So is God. And you're going to see a great division. So I want to talk to you because, let me finish reading this. But the Lord will rise over you, say me. His glory will be seen upon you, say me. Gentiles will come to your light. Those are lost people. Kings, those are Christian, to the brightness of your rising. Lift your eyes around you and see they shall gather together and come to you. Your sons are going to come from afar. If you've lost your kids, they're coming home. Your daughters will be nursed at your side. You'll see and become radiant. Your heart will swell with joy because the abundance of the sea will be turned into you. Is there going to be prosperity? Yes. The wealth of the Gentiles will come to you and the multitude of camels will cover your land. He's talking about great prosperity. But is there going to be lack? Yes. Is there going to be famine? Yes. Is there going to be earthquakes? Yes. Is there going to be war? Yes. Don't fall apart about all of this. But what God has to do now is that he's got to bring a ministry back that the average charismatic and Christian is not accustomed to. And that is the man called the prophet of God. And you're going to hear the prophet speaking, sometimes doom and gloom and sometimes blessing. It's not either or, it's both. They're not wrong. When you, hear, when you hear Jonathan Kahn talk about judgments coming, he's right. That's a word that the average charismatic tongue-talking devil chasing holy roller doesn't even have in his vocabulary. Judgment. But judgment is coming. But not on you. But you don't just sit around and pretend like it's not going to happen. The Bible says that we need to believe in the goodness and the severity of God. Goodness on those who serve God and severity against those who rebel against God. We're not going to keep doing what we're doing in this nation without judgment. 
But he's talking about to you, he says, on you, goodness. On you, his light will shine. On you. Now listen, that's why the prophets are prophesying because they're calling you out of darkness and out of the world. Jesus is coming back and they are preparing this earth for that return. That's important, guys. You need to know the season you are in. When fall comes, I get my flannels out, whether I need them or not. <laughs> and pretend like it's cold outside. There are seasons in God, and you need to know what that is. All right, now listen. The five-fold ministry gift, let's talk about that. When you hear the evangelist preaching, his message will always be grace. That's not wrong. He's an evangelist. He's talking to the world. And when you hear him speak grace, 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 he's not incorrect. But understand, he is an evangelist. That's what he does. When the pastor is preaching, you hear grow, 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 and grow. Yeah, you got saved, but grow. Grow in God, grow in the word, grow up in Jesus' name. Amen. So his message is always the same. He's more interested in you being discipled than anything else. Are you growing? Are you learning? Are you feeding on the word of God? That's the pastor's message. He tends the sheep. He feeds the sheep. Number three, the teacher. Learn, learn, and learn. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. The teacher is always interested in whether you have your knowledge right. Do you have your doctrines right? Is everything right? The apostle's message is go, go, go. There are people all over the world going to hell. Why are you sitting here? Go, go, go. What's the prophet's message? Turn, repent, come back to God. Is his message wrong? Is it anti-grace? No, it's not. No, it's not. And I want you to understand this because right now you're going to hear this more than you've ever heard it. You're going to start hearing it and I don't want you to turn them off. Thank you. I don't want you to get quiet on me now. But I want you to pop up 2 Chronicles twenty twenty. Pop it up on the screen. I want to read it. Isn't that a good sign? And Justin do a good job. They rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And they went out and Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you'll what? Now listen. The, the, boy, I'm going to get ahead of myself. A pro prophets establish the word. They establish the word. Um, we'll get, boy, I got to get in that minute because you're going to look at me like a dog at a new bowl. Prophets, and I'm going to show you what they do now and why do they do what they do. Let's go to Luke chapter 3 first and let's look at uh, uh, John the Baptist because, because John the Baptist was sent as a forerunner of Jesus, wasn't he? Well, was that necessary? Apparently it was necessary because God did it, right? All right, now John the Baptist is off in the wilderness, and he is preaching what subject? Repent. Turn to God, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Let me read this so y'all can see this, Luke 3. How many of you think that the world needs to repent right now? How many of you think there's some Christians that might need to repent? Yeah. 
All right, good. I'm glad you see that. All right, chapter, Luke chapter 3, verse 3. And he went in all the region around Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins that is written in the book of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight, and every valley will be filled, every mountain will be brought low, crooked places straight, rough places smooth, and all flesh will see the salvation of God. You're going to hear this message again. Not that they're mimicking John the Baptist, but what they're doing is this. They, the prophets are rising up to get you, the body of Christ, ready because something very dynamic is about to happen. There is a Messiah about to come down in Jerusalem and put his foot on the Mount of Olives, and everything's going to change after that. And I don't know whether y'all know this or not, but some of y'all are probably going to learn some Hebrew. Some of y'all are going to, you understand, we're going to change our calendar. We're probably going to quit using the American one and start using the Jewish one. There's a lot of things that are going to change when Jesus sets foot and don't forget he's Jewish. I was, I was leaving the parking lot one day and the Lord said to me in this year and I said uh father it's October he said I'm Jewish. It kind of hit me oh yeah you're not American. That's why they have a new American standard Bible because uh y'all needed something to be able to help you Jewish uh, read a Jewish book amen. So John the Baptist came and prepared the way of the Lord. And these, the, there are men and women who are preparing the way of the Lord for the Lord Jesus. So go to Jeremiah chapter 1 now. And let's talk about what is a prophet and why they act the way they act. Because they certainly don't act like everybody else. They don't. They don't. They don't. It's, it's, it's fun to talk about it to me. But now, now <laughs> woo, help me Jesus. Come on. Jeremiah chapter one, verse nine. And the Lord put his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I put my words in your mouth. Here's the difference. Prophets don't study like teachers study. I didn't say they don't ever study. I'm telling you, prophets do not get their sermons from books. When Mary Fran comes, she may have a scripture, but she has no idea what she's fixing to do. And I know that shocks you. Kenneth Hagin said on a tape, it was actually in a book, in a tape later. He said, the early Pentecostal move of God, most of the pastors operated prophetically and got their sermons in the spirit, not from books. They operated, they, sometimes they went to church not even knowing what they were going to do. Now, I don't do that because it scares me a little bit. But tonight we're going to have a prayer meeting and we have some of the most awesome prayer meetings. And the last one we had was phenomenal, but we will come in here not having a clue what we're going to do. And the Holy Ghost always takes us some direction. Sometimes we sing, sometimes we pray, sometimes we preach. We don't know what we're going to do, but the Holy Ghost leads the whole meeting. And prophets operate like that all the time. Now, boy, I've got to get ahead of myself. He said, I'm going to put my word in your mouth. That means there are things that the prophets are saying that are now words. Now, you can get a scripture and say, this is the Bible. 
Amen. I'm not against that. But there are words that need to be spoken that are right now. This is this year. And, and I'm getting you ready for two things. Number one, the rest of the year. But I'm also getting you ready right now for Dr. Varallo. Because I want you to understand what she's going to do when she comes in here. She will have a now word for you and for this church. And you need to hear what God is saying to you through the prophets. Now, don't get me wrong. They're not really out there to guide your life. Most people want someone to lead them and guide them and tell them what to do. You got the Holy Ghost for that. Rely on the Holy Ghost to help you with that. But I'm talking about the fact that there's been so many things that Mary Fran has said, and she's come in to our church and brought correction and, and adjusted things and, and changed things for the better. All right, now, number one, they have a now word, and it says, and see this day, I have set you over, say over, over. nations and kingdoms, the rulers of this planet are the fivefold ministry gift. Now, the average church member has no idea what I just said. It's not the president. It's not the mayor. It's not the governor. They're not running everything. Most of them don't know what they're doing. When God wanted to anoint David king, who did he use? He used a prophet. He went to David and said, I've anointed you king. The, 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 prophet, the prophet Samuel was the ruler in Israel. They're the ones that said, we want a king. And God told them, you don't want a king. That's going to mess everything up. And they wanted one anyway. Whenever Jehu was to become the king, God sent Elisha to send a prophet to him, called him off in a room, anointed him with oil. Jehu got in his chariot and took off and became king and turned the nation. God doesn't do anything in the earth that he doesn't speak to the prophets first. Nothing. When Jesus was being born, who was in the temple praying? Anna, a prophetess. Why? Because the word needed to become flesh. I'm, try, well, I'm trying to help us. So God has prophets in the land. And I'm going to show you something here, and I'm going to read it to you. I want you to see it. To root out, pull down, destroy, throw down, build, and plant. There's a lot of stuff going on in the earth today. It's not God. And God sends a prophet in there. They're going to go tear it up. But they're not going to leave it tore down. They're going to build it, and then they're going to replant now, I'm going to say something to you all about this church, and I don't want the people that have been here for, you know, 30 years to get mad. But when I came here, this church was out of order. It was totally man. God said, change it. And I remember the day he said to me, get the books. I said, you're going to get me killed. He said, it's my money. I mean, he, he, he doesn't talk to me nice all the time. Get my money and get the books. I said, Okay. And I went and found the books, and the bookkeeper hadn't touched them in a year and a half. It was a mess. 
And I hired Mary Jo Klaus and said, take the books and fix this place. And he started telling me, do this and do this and do this. He, he brought me over here. This was a piece of, this was a horse pasture. Buy this property. Build this church. I mean, he just, are y'all out there? See, God, God has a plan and he's going to use a man. He's not going to use a board. And he's not going to use the women's auxiliary. He's going to use the prophets of God to change. They're going to come in. They're going to tear it up. And they're going to put it back right. Now we're going to get into some people in a minute. Prophets are preachers who preach the word under the inspiration of God. Now I'm going to tell you something about myself for a minute. Because I think maybe... Uh, you, I think there's just some things you, you need to know. Lisa will tell you this is true. Years ago, I wanted to be a better pastor. I realized I'm just n- not doing all that well. And I went and, f- and tried to m- get a meeting with Alex Clattenburg. I called him, didn't call me back. I found out where he was going to be for lunch. I went there and waited on him. I found out I was going to be in a meeting. I went there too. I spent over a month, probably six to eight weeks, doing everything in my power to put myself in a position to have a conversation with this man. You know how, did you know, do y'all want to know about what we talked about? I never talked to him. God blocked every bit of it. And he said to me, I don't want Alex to mentor you. He said, I'll send you a mentor. Who do you think he sent? Mary Fran. Lisa, is it true? Absolutely true. Now, for y'all to understand something about Mary Fran, she don't have everybody to her house Thanksgiving. But she's invited us up there. She's actually come to see us when she's just get on an airplane and just came to see us. Stay with us in our house for a week. And I'm thinking to myself, don't you have something more important to do? I mean, you're quite the woman. I mean, you're quite a woman of God. But God used her to help me because I don't get any sermons from a book. I don't preach from a book. So so he began to teach me something about this office. The prophet's office establishes the word. Now, I'm going to say something, and I want y'all to just, I want you to get it. Just get it. How could Jesus be the word made flesh if no prophet ever prophesied the word? Did you get it? God can't bring anything to pass that hasn't been prophesied out. I know you're looking in there and go, that's a new wrinkle. Anna was in, it was in the temple prophesying, Jesus is coming. Isaiah, when, when Isaiah was written that he wasn't in church, he was at home alone. With a scribe. And there's writing down what he said. But that word, God had to have a man say it. So prophets establish the word. There are things that won't happen. 
until the prophets say it. Prophets are people who pray a lot. Now, I'll study two or three hours and pray six. Lisa will tell you, she'll see me go off in my room and close my door. And sometimes half a day, all day, just Holy Ghost would just lead me off and just pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. And I thought I was weird. Mary friend told me, says, you ain't praying enough. I went, are y'all getting this? All right. Let's talk about prophets today. Oh, let's, let's do something. Go to Acts 21. Let me show you this in the Bible. Are y'all okay? I'm showing you this because I want you to know what God is doing. So that when you see it, you're not trying to take the body of Christ back into the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2005 and 10. You can't, you can't do that now. Even Mary Friend said that. You're, how many of you have ever heard... A Mary friends say, I decree a thing. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think she's doing? She's, she's, listen, you'll hear her when she's preaching say, I see that. I see that. Helicopter. She's seeing it. But God needs a prophet to say. He needs, she needs to say something. Or something's not going to go right. God needs the words out. Now, there's things you're going to hear Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Monday night that are going to establish the word in your life. They're going to bring things to pass that would not have happened. And you got to be there. All right. Uh, um, Acts 21. Uh, I'm in 13. Hold on. There's so many people running around going, I'm a prophet, I'm a prophet, I'm a prophet. Eh, I don't know about that. If you're a prophet and want to be a prophet, you're probably not a prophet. <laughs> People avoid prophets. Everybody else is popular. We say, Mary, friends come, we have people go, I ain't coming. I don't know what she's going to say to me. She's, we'll, we'll get right with God. I've told you all this before. It bears repeating. We were, Mary Fran and Lisa and I were sitting and having coffee with her in, in Mount Dora. And I said, well, you know, I had a, I had a conversation with a, with a minister friend of mine the other day. And we were talking about the Holy Ghost, the move of God. And I didn't want to tell her who I was talking about. I just wanted to ask her what she thought about what this person said. And she says, I know Tony Cook. I said, how can we carry on a conversation with you? If you already know everything I'm going to say. And I asked her, I said, how often does this work? She said, all the time. She says, I walk through the airport and I can tell you what's going on in the life of everybody I walk by. I said, that, yeah, that's noisy. That's why she likes to go home and get alone. And <laughs> I was, um, Lisa and I went to her house and we were up in Nashville and she, and she said, let's pick up this conversation you and Lisa were having on the way up. 
I said, that one. She goes, yes, that one. <laughs> yeah, get, stay, get right with God and come on to the meetings, you know. Just. <laughs> All right, are you in Acts 20, 21? Look, I want you to see this so you'll see. Verse 8. The next day, we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip, the evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. And the man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. Just because you prophesy does not make you a prophet. If you're not fivefold, you're not. Because number one, you're going to be a preacher of the word. You're not running around giving people words in church. Most of that's pepperoni. And it's called being a busybody because you're running around telling everybody what they ought to do. Stop it. Stop it. They don't need you. They need to hear from God. And if they have something, look at them and say, I have something. And if you think it's God, it's God. If it's not, throw it away. Have enough sense to let people know that you're a human and you can miss it. Don't run around and establish yourself a prophet in someone else's church. You're not. Don't go to Galen Black and start a, start a Ford dealership in his car lot. And don't come here and start a ministry. If you want to be in ministry, go talk to God about it. And if he hadn't promoted you, there's a reason he hadn't promoted you. Because he doesn't like what you're doing. Or he has something else for you to do, so leave it alone. Woo, I don't believe I said all of that. But I did. Don't take it off the tape. And now this man had, and, and he stayed many days, and a certain prophet named Agabus came from Judea. Why didn't he use the girls? Because they're not prophets. They, they gave out words of exhortation and comfort. Thus says the Lord, I sure love you. That's not a prophet. <laughs> and so he, he let me read it to you he took Paul's belt and bound his hands and said thus says the Holy Ghost the Jews in Jerusalem are going to bind the man he wasn't telling him what to do prophets don't tell you what to do they tell you what's going to happen so you can judge it and be ready when it happens they're not coming along telling you who, what car to buy and who to marry shut up You want to know who to marry? Get in your face and go find out yourself. Lisa's mother came to me one time and says, you're supposed to be a pastor. And I tried, finally I looked at her and I said, Martha, please be quiet. I can't hear from God over your mouth. I got to hear from God. I can't do something because my mother-in-law said. I got to know from God. Well, she was right. She had heard from God. But sometimes just because you hear from God doesn't mean you're supposed to blab it. All right. All right. Let's talk about people that are prophets now and what they're doing and why they do and why they act the way they act. First one I'm going to bring up is Jonathan Kahn. How many of y'all have heard of Jonathan Kahn? All right. Some of you have not. He is, now you don't have to worry about what he's going to wear because he only has one suit. <laughs> black coat, black pants, black shirt, black tie. He's just, but he, he's, a, he's a Jewish rabbi. He's a prophet. Now here's what I want to share with you. He wrote the Harbinger and he wrote the um, Paradigm. Did I say that right? I read them both. Excellent. Excellent works. But he didn't get it studying he, they're downloads. God has given it. it he, he doesn't sound like Jesse. 
He doesn't sound like Copeland. So don't throw it out because he doesn't sound like everyone else. But he has a message to the church. He's showing you what's happening in America and what's happening in in Israel and showing you that judgment is coming because he's trying to get the lukewarm, backslidden Christian and the sinner back to God. Do y'all hear this? If you're right with God, he's not talking to you other than giving you information that judgment is coming and you don't need to be afraid of that. Are y'all okay? And I love to hear what he's saying, but he's not giving me guidance. Not guiding me. He's just showing me what's happening in the earth. And he's prophesying so that the world can't stand before God and say, we didn't know. Oh, yeah, you knew. I put prophets in the land, and they prophesied to you all over America for years judgment was coming. Where were you? Amen. Are y'all out there? All right. So, so, so what's happening is we're starting to see these men rise. Don't think it in God because it doesn't sound like your last Bible teacher. He's not preaching grace. It's quiet in here. Y'all, yeah. The next one is Kenneth Hagin. Who is this guy? Now, let's talk about him for a minute. How many men do you know that Jesus Christ appeared to them physically nine times? You don't know anybody, do you? Now, it doesn't matter what you think. He hasn't appeared to Copeland at all. He hadn't appeared to Jesse. He hadn't appeared to Joyce. He appeared to T.L. once and he didn't say anything. There was something he needed to do. This man took the body of Christ that was completely off and turned him back to the word. That's where we learned about who we are in Christ and our authority as a believer and, who, and, 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 and the new birth and being filled with the Holy Ghost. The body of Christ up until then, they were awake and praying for years to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And God sent a prophet and tore down the system and built it back. Didn't he? Now, he tried to be a teacher only and Jesus judged him. That's another word that y'all don't believe in. Jesus told him, he says, if you don't get right, you're going to die early. And he was, he was in a hospital. God didn't do it. But Brother Hagin opened the door because he disobeyed God. Because, because when you're a prophet, you're a little strange. When's the last time someone called you arrogant? And it's really boldness. When's the last time you were in a meeting and the Lord said, say this? And you're like, I don't want to say that. I'm not saying that. Yes, you are. Go say it anyway. <laughs> Lisa and I know a man, and, and we won't mention names. It's not going to hurt you to hear the story. But he came to a meeting when we were in the shopping center. He was dating a girl. And they were talking seriously about getting married. And then one day, he just stopped calling her completely. Blocked her phone number and devastated her. She, she didn't know what was going on. 
Well, we had a meeting in our church and his girlfriend showed up and he did and they didn't know they were, she didn't know he was coming. He didn't, she hadn't even seen him in what? A couple months, three, three months. And the Lord was ticked. He was ticked because this guy got scared and he just cut her off. That's not good. You guys don't do that. So I'm on the front row, minding my own business. And the Lord gave me a movie of it all. And I turned to him and I said, get your wife and come up here. And he's like, I don't have a wife. I said, get your wife and come up. And he just, I said, get her. And Lisa's going, oh, no. He's not married. Oh, my God. My husband is a fruitcake. Because before that happened, I'm up there going, oh, God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I do not. No, no, no. Is there a prophet in the house? Please. Use Lisa. Use somebody. Do it yourself, God. Leave me alone. No, God, no. I'm up here fighting with God for 10 minutes. Don't make me do this. Finally, I turned and I said the third time, I said, I said, you get your wife and you get up here. And he walked over. You remember, got, got her by the hand and walked up in the front. And then I looked at him in the name of Jesus, in the spirit. And I said, you, you stop this. And I told him, you did this and you did that. And God put you together and you don't need to be afraid. Now you, this is your wife. God told you that. Now you two get married. And they're married today, and they're friends of mine. And if he finds out I said this, and, he's, and he don't know his name. But, you know, <laughs> we're not going to tell you who it was. But you, you, are you all out there? Did you go home? That's the reason why sometimes I kind of I go, God, I don't really want to preach that today because they won't like it. Last week when people left, they went, oh, I got spanked. Sometimes you need spanking. That's why your kids are messed up. You ain't never spanked them. Your church will be messed up if you don't ever spank anybody. Oh, boy. You don't get donuts every day. Kenneth Hagin, every charismatic teacher in the earth today has been influenced by that man. Well, he didn't do it. How many of you think that a redneck from Texas can do what he did? There's a, there's a rhema school on every continent on this earth. He's changed the complexion of the whole world. But that's, that's the office of a prophet. That's what prophets do. All right, let's look at another one. David Wilkerson. How many of y'all have ever heard of David Wilkerson? How many of you have like, oh, I don't like him? There's been many people go, he's negative. Oh, he's so negative. Well, he was. He was always preaching judgment. I mean, he'd get up crying. Oh, God. 1988. I went back and got a sermon of his in 88. You would have swore he was talking about the newspaper today. He said the biggest issue that the church is going to face in the future is going to be homosexuality. Do you know what the body of Christ did? Oh, you're crazy. God was trying to warn the body of Christ and to get the body ready, but it, he didn't sound like everybody else running around preaching, you know, Jesus wants to bless you coming in and going out. 
and yet he was dead right. Now he's, now he's a very humble, humble man. And I know good and well he wouldn't preach anything that God didn't tell him. But he'd get up there and go, God, now he told me to say this. And, and I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say it. I know it's God. And I would anointing to get strong on him. But, but he was always talking about all the junk that's coming. And we're like, I don't want to hear bads come. Well, let me tell you all something. There's some stuff coming. All right, were you ready for the next one? Kim Clement. Is it Clement or Clement? Someone help me because I don't know. Clement. How many of y'all have watched him on YouTube prophesying Trump being president? Are you aware that there was no presidential race going on when he did that? Did you know that nobody on the planet ever heard of Donald Trump when he prophesied it. Think, don't you? It's easy to prophesy afterwards. <laughs> Thus says the Lord, buy Apple stocks. Oh, that's easy to do now. You start talking about Apple products and there ain't no such thing as an Apple product. You're a prophet. When you're talking about a, see, he started off the prophecy going trumpet, trumpet, trumpet. And then he went to Trump. He had no idea who he was. Why did God do that? So that you would know that it was God when it happened. God doesn't need your permission to make someone president. He doesn't ask you anything. God sees the heart of people. You don't know their heart. So stop running around telling me what's in Trump's heart. He's not a pastor. He's a bulldozer. And God, God needed someone to get in there and plow corruption slap out of Washington that had some guts. And he's gutsy. I mean, well, I'm going to tell you, you start talking about morality. I don't even know a moral pastor. I know them all. I know all the pastors in this city. They're all crazier than me. And I'm crazy. You, you know, I, I, get, get over it. When you, want, when you need someone to go take the bad guy out, you need a Navy SEAL. Don't worry about whether he cusses or not. You just need to be able to, can he shoot? <laughs> I don't mean, I'm not, I'm not justifying him. I'm just telling you, God wanted the body of Christ. Now, why did he do that? Now, let's, let's talk about this. Let's get serious. Who was everyone saying was going to be the president? And I'm talking Copeland now. Copeland and, and, um, and uh, Billy Brim. Who who they say? Ted Cruz. Listen to me. Everybody said it's going to be Ted. Except God. I said it was going to be Ted. I wanted it to be Ted. I like Ted. There was a Muslim who just got born again. 
up in some Midwestern state, Jesus appeared to him right after he got saved and said, I am changing America and bringing it back to God, and I'm going to raise up a man that's going to change America and Israel, and his name is Donald Trump. This was an angel talking to a Muslim. This, there, th- nobody, nobody knew who Donald Trump was. This man, who's a Muslim, called his pastor and said, I just had the Lord appear to me. I need someone to judge this. He walked into Mac Hammond's church. And he walked, it was Mac Hammond's church. It was Mac Hammond's church. Mac Hammond. And Lynn, Lynn didn't agree with it. Neither did Mac. <coughs> because he's been eating pizza because it couldn't be Donald Trump (laughs) and sent him to Copeland and Copeland sent him into Billy Brim's office who told him you're probably wrong come on y'all help me out a little bit I'm trying to three times times told him he's wrong three times you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong he said well I know what I saw he said well if it's God it's God well what happened was is that as things progressed That was a sign for these guys to get off of Cruz and get behind Trump because of prophets. There's no way they could have known that. You should understand, the body of Christ is going to get off without prophets. They'll tear it down and build it back. They'll, they'll They'll establish the word of God. You may not agree with it. You remember Samuel went to David's house and went, surely it's Eliab. And he goes, no, it's not. And finally, he gets down, he goes, I've already gone, are these all your sons? And they went, well, there's this one of our sons, and we really don't recognize him. We got him out watching the sheep. What do you think they thought of David? Didn't even invite him to the dinner. He says, we can't eat. And even the prophet didn't even know. David walks in and the Lord said, this is he. And David, it says he's, he's redheaded and he don't have pimples. He's a kid. He's going, hi, y'all. And the prophet and God said, anoint him. God don't need your permission. But, but see, the reason he did that publicly, number one, he needed to establish it. Number two, he needed everybody to know who, who he put his approval on. So that in the days ahead, when things aren't going good. Now, let's go back to Ken Clement. Do you know that he prophesied impeachment, impeachment before there even was an election? Why did he do that? And then he said, they will not succeed. Why did he do that? So you'll know. How do you know it's God. Well, there's no way it could be anything but God. And nobody ever heard of the guy. I think some of y'all are actually enjoying this. Anyway, then there's another one, one more. Dr. Varallo. <laughs> Say amen. Elijah went to Zarephath to a widow woman and brought prosperity in her home. He went in there, changed everything, walked out, and that lady paid all her bills off. I want you all to understand something. These guys that call themselves prophets, they carry an anointing 
that changes things, moves things, lifts people up and puts people down. I'm going to tell y'all this. Y'all know this. I'm not bragging. I'm just going to tell you it happened. You heard me say this. Lisa and I left one Sunday, and she wanted to go to Tijuana Flats, which she's never said she wanted to go to Tijuana Flats. And we went to Hunt Club, which we've never been to Hunt Club. And I went in there, and Brian Nelson, county commissioner, was there. And when I walked by, the Holy Ghost tagged me and said, I want you to say something to him. And he says, Pastor Morgan, would you grab me lunch? And I turned to him and I grabbed his hand and I said, I will buy lunch for the next mayor of this city. And I gave him a word. Now, he, nobody knew this but him and his wife. And his wife made a beeline on me. Boy, she came running up to me and put her nose and said, the voice, what she say? From the mouth of God to yours. The mouth of God to yours. And I walked out knowing that the Lord had just spoke. All right, now, now listen to this. I'm the president of the alliance. Who anointed him with oil at the prayer breakfast? I did. Now, don't tell him I said this, but I'm over him. <laughs> this city goes the way this church says it goes. That's why it's here. Now, are y'all getting this? I'm trying to help you with spiritual things. God operates in the spirit realm first, then it manifests in the natural. It's not the other way around. God sets men in office and he takes men out of office. She brings, the, she brings churches back into alignment. She brings, she's brought this church back in alignment. She moves things around spiritually. She establishes truth. She establishes Satan's defeat in Jesus' victory and moves people in and out of positions of authority. Now, I'm saying that because when she comes, you'll hear her say, I decree a thing. I want you to know what she's doing. God doesn't do anything in the earth that he doesn't say it through a prophet. And when she says it, that thing will come into being then. She may say something over you. And it'll turn you, it'll, it'll just, she walks up to you, she's fixing to change everything. It's fixing to get better. I'll guarantee you, God's going to adjust something in you. And she's not going to embarrass you. I'll guarantee you. Nobody will know what she's talking about. But you, you'll go, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, that, mm, oh, yeah, that's me. And, I, and when she walks away, that anointing will stay. Now, I'm going to tell you a story on Justin. We're riding down the road. Lisa and I are getting ready to go to Israel. Mary Fran looked at me and said, why isn't Justin going? I said, there's no place for Justin. There's no, there was only room for two more. She goes, Justin's going. I said, Mary Fran, Eli's not here. He's in Israel. He said, call him. She, I said, you can't call him. She said, Justin's going. What'd she say? Justin's going. She said, there's a place for him. I went, okay. <laughs> I'm sitting here looking stupid. We called Eli. He said, 
Yeah, we can get him in. I went, okay. <laughs> and, and right after that, he gets the money and he's off to Israel. And then she turned to him and she said, something, God is doing more than you going off. There's something happening for you now, spiritually. This is something. This is, this, you must go on this trip. Are y'all seeing this? Now, now, that's why God put prophets in the body. That's why we have one come. There are things, you know, notice she doesn't always lay hands on the sick, but she'll call it out. And she'll take authority over it and it'll fall off your body. Because a prophet establishes the word. Do y'all understand what that means, what I'm saying? Because God has to have somebody say it. He watches over his word to perform it. Someone's got to say it. And there is a word sometimes for you that's not just a scripture. It might be. All right. I don't have time to do this right now today. I'm going to stop right here. But study Elijah. What Elijah did when he came. He said, listen to these words. There would be no rain but my word. That's quite a thing to say. Then he said later, God's sending rain. And he went up to Mount Carmel. When we get to Israel, I'm going to video Mount Carmel. Send it back. Somebody put it on the thing and let y'all see it. It's beautiful. And it's it's eight-day walk from the brook Cherith, which blew me away. Anyway, so he goes up there and he turns the whole nation back to God. We're going to see a revival like the earth has never seen. I've seen it. And I'm going to share one more story and then I'm going to close. When we were in the old building, I was in prayer one night. Now, more, I, I, I got to watch how deep I go into this. Right after I got saved, God took me to heaven. I got to go. And I, and I don't even like talk about it because I start crying and I get all choked up. Because when I, when I talk about it, I see it. I can see it. I, I go back. And um, I saw things and heard things that there's no English for it. And the, and the glory. And when I came back, I smiled for days. I smiled so much my face hurt. It just, my face just oh, God, you got cut out. You're killing me. Because I'm walking around smiling. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to smoke dope after that. Ain't nothing. You, there's no highlight to the most high. That's... So one day we're in prayer and the Lord showed me the same Shekinah I stepped into is going to come into this church in the days ahead. Not until this church is ready. You're not ready yet. That's why the prophets are in the earth is to get the church back aligned so God can do what he wants to do. We were not here till just lunch. Everybody in the building was out. Everybody stepped into heaven and everybody saw heaven. Everybody saw heaven. When the anointing lifted late that afternoon, everybody in this room in this church, got up and walked out. Now, let me tell you how powerful that vision was. I drew this church up on that vision. I was in this room 
when we were there and I was standing in this room watching this church service. So when the, uh, when the architect brought the plans, I went, it's all wrong. And I had to redraw it the way I saw it. All right. When you left and started walking into Walmart, everybody you walked by were getting healed. People were falling out in the power everywhere. Everywhere. This last move will be very rapid. All right. Woo, I get goosebumps thinking about it. All right. So this church's best days are ahead. Now, when's that going to happen? I don't have any idea. I don't know. Wish it happened today. It'd be fine with me. Just don't put anything in, just don't put anything in the oven when you come to church. But he's getting you and I ready. But the prophets are getting the church ready. Do y'all see this? Do y'all see what I'm doing right now? The, the evangelist won't do that. The Bible teacher won't do that. The pastor can't do that. But the prophets are going to do it. And you're going to start hearing more of them. When you do, I don't want you to flip it off because it doesn't sound like your favorite Bible teacher. Well, that ain't God. Well, proof of the pudding's in the eating. If what they say is happening, then you might want to pay attention. Now, you understand, I don't have time to do it today. There's a lot of people running around going, profit, 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 and it's just pizza, pepperoni, pepperoni. Ain't more, more profit than I'm astronaut. But nobody ever wonders where the Mary Fran is. If she don't have a car, it goes profit. <laughs> I'm going to tell you another story. She got called. What country was she in? Do you remember where the... She got called to the president of a nation over in Africa. I think it was Africa. It was Cameroon, maybe. Cameroon. And the president's wife wanted to see if she really was the real deal. So she dressed up as a servant and disguised herself. And so it was customary that when you walk into the president's home, all of the servants are standing in a line to greet you as the president walks by. When Mary Fran walked past the president's wife, who's dressed in white, common household garb, she turned to her and said, good morning, Mrs. President. (laughs) And the lady grabbed her head and said, you're the real deal. Let's go. Evening. She said, good evening, my lady. My lady. Yeah, good evening, my lady. Uh-huh. Next week is going to be fun. Yes. Yes. Amen. I, she prophesied 9-11 in our church years ago, a year before it happened. Uh, there's, I'm not sure what she's going to do this time. I, I'm just I'm going to spend it tonight. We're going to come back in prayer. And the whole prayer meeting I'm dedicating to her meeting here. Um, I do know this. There's going to be an increase in miracles in the body of Christ and signs and wonders. There's going to be a great increase. I'm hoping she gets into that. I don't know what she's going to do. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. 
So if you want to come tonight, 6 o'clock, we have a prayer meeting. We always do. First Sunday night of the month. Come pray with us about these meetings. If you weren't planning on being here, change your plans. Are you all ready for the year? I want you to, I want you to remember what I started off by saying. There's, the earth is going down two veins. They're both correct. If you're here right now and you're not walking with God, I'm going to tell you something like your, your future is not good. <laughs> That's just all there is to it. So you say, is it bad or good? I don't know. That's up to you. But if you're walking with God, don't be afraid. Look up. Your redemption is drawing nigh. Everything is turning, preparing us for his return. And it's imminent. Did I say that right? It is soon. Is there a war coming? Yes. Hallelujah. Has to be. The Jews win. Read Ezekiel. God rains down hell, fire, and brimstone on all of them and kills them all. And everybody on the earth goes, there's a God. Father God, I want to thank you for this morning. I, I got up here this morning with my heart set on fire to preach what I'm seeing and hearing you say. Times have changed around us and we know it. As a pastor of this church, I, 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 I pray over the people that are here. I pray over their lives, their families, their loved ones. I pray that all would be well with them. I pray that they would not be afraid of what they're hearing and seeing. I pray that they would hear the message this morning and realize and understand there's nothing for them to fear. Our best days are ahead. But us also to hear that there, there's another side to this coin and it's going to happen the same time. Not in, in for us to know it. That the prophets who are prophesying are correct. I pray that everybody in this room that, that has planned on coming to Mary Fran and is here would leave and say, oh, that, that, oh my God, I, it blessed me so much. I pray even now for her time that she's here, that you'd have your way in this room, in this church, and in this building, as you always do. Make every adjustment you want to make. Father God, I pray the word of God in her mouth that, that she would preach what you lay upon her heart and prepare her heart for what she's to do. I pray for everybody in the sound of my voice, if they're not born again and they're not ready to go, that they would be. This is not a game. This is wrapping up. That everybody in this room that's not ready, that you'd speak to their heart and begin dealing with them. And don't turn them loose until they take a knee and make Jesus Lord. Father, I love this church. I love this people in this church. I thank you for everything you're doing in us and through us. And Father, I pray that our relationships in the days ahead would be greater than they are now. Our love for you and each other would be greater than it is now. And that we would go through this time in the earth and look back on it and say, wasn't it glorious? Wasn't it glorious? Wasn't it glorious? We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website, and click the big give now button or you can text 407-955-5345 and remember our pastor's vision is this we grow christians so we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time